Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. 1 Samuel chapter 3, God's speaking and God's calling. When God speaks... God just calls him. He called Samuel. And we find out later that he calls his name. And so Samuel is a bright spot in a dark time. And he ran. I notice he's 12. Eli's not moving, but he's 12, right? Or somewhere like that. Then he ran to Eli. Notice his exuberance. And he said, what do you want, old man? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But he wasn't, you don't see an attitude. He didn't say, ah, what does the old man want now? Yeah, do, do you, does this bother you when your children do this? You call their name and they go, yeah? What? And you're like, uh-uh, we're not, no, 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 that's a, yes, father, run, like Samuel did for Eli, run. What do you want, Dad? I just wanted to call you. <laughs> oh, come on. I just wanted to see how you were going to respond. When, when I was younger, my sister and I, we lived in an apartment complex and we played at a park that was probably a good mile in the distance. My grandfather, old Italian, very tough man, said, when I whistle, you come. And if when I whistle, you don't come, I'm going to beat you, <laughs> right? So whenever we heard a whistle, whatever kind of whistle it was, <laughs> right? And then we get there. <laughs> Grandpa, what? He go, I don't call you. I go, oh. <laughs> but you didn't want to risk it. Believe me. So Samuel comes running and he says to Eli, here I am, you called, you called me. And he said, I didn't call. Lie down again. Go to sleep. <laughs> so he went and he laid down. And the Lord called yet again. Samuel, now, since he thinks it's Eli, we would assume that he knows what Eli's voice sounds like. Amen? So the mystical part of God's calling here seems to be very audible, very normal. He hears Samuel. He hears his name. So Samuel arose. Notice the second description. And he went to Eli. I don't think he ran this time. The first time it says he ran, this time I think he's like, okay. So he goes over. So Samuel rose, he went to Eli, and he said, here I am, for you called me. I don't know if he was thinking, man, the old man's losing it. (laughs) But he answered, I did not call. Notice the tender relationship, my son. Lie down again. You know, it's interesting that Eli calls Samuel his son, his two sons were grave disappointments to him. They wouldn't listen. But this, this young man seemed to be such a child of hope and promise. And he says, no, my son, go lie down again. Now, Samuel, verse 7, did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. Now, what's interesting about this particular statement is if you look at 1 Samuel 2 and look at verse 12, it says, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. Would you notice? They did not know the Lord. 
the phrasing is almost exact. Now, what is going on here? Well, there's a key little word in the description of Samuel in verse 7, chapter 3. It says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He, we see him ministering to the Lord. We see him growing in favor. We see him, uh, at least I think five times so far, ministering before the Lord, growing in favor. And, and yet, he doesn't have a personal relationship with God yet. But I think it's clear that Samuel wanted to please the Lord. The difference between Hophni and Phinehas and Samuel, Samuel's a young man just starting maybe to get tuned into the voice of God just kind of on the cusp of a personal relationship with God, which often, if, if you're raised in a church, sometimes you, you live your life on the faith of your parents. Let's face it, this happens with church kids. They go to church because that's what the family does. And a lot of them, because I've talked to a lot of them, say, you know, even though I was raised in the church when I was 15, that's when I felt like I became, or when I was 16, You know, the Lord called me, and I feel like instead of just the faith of my parents, it became my faith. You know what I'm saying? So I think Samuel was around the things of God, but he wasn't quite tuned in to the the Lord's voice yet. The difference is Hophni and Phinehas are older, they're priests, they know better, and they've rejected the Lord. They don't know the Lord, and they don't care to know the Lord. That's the difference. Samuel just isn't quite there yet. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he arose and went to Eli. I don't know what this exchange looked like or how he walked or if he was a little flabbergasted. And he said, here I am, emphasis, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. Sometimes when we're trying to discern God's voice, we can get impressions, right? And, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them, right? And so I I think for all of us, we'd probably all make a confession tonight that as much as we want to live our spiritual lives from impressions, that's not always the best way. Because we don't always know when it's God or when it's us or when it's our flesh or what what we, we are hoping to hear. It can be very confusing. I will say this to you, though. If you're going through a time like that and you're trying to discern God's voice, always start with God's word. If, if you are pursuing something right now that you could go to a Bible verse and that Bible verse contradicts your actions, then you need to make a decision whether or not you are going to bow to what you already know is revealed. Amen? Now, some verses are a little tougher to deal with, and we all know that. But my point is, if you have a clear Bible verse, start there. Don't try to get impressions or watch Oprah for confirmation <laughs> of your decision-making. Don't do that. Because that's, that's like the guy who says, you know, he's on a diet and he's never supposed to eat donuts again, but he feels like the Lord led him to the donut shop. And somebody, his friend says, well, how did you know? And he said, well, a parking spot opened up right in front of the donut shop after I circled 28 times. Yeah. I mean, the outcome was predictable. <laughs> you just got the answer you wanted. We've got to be careful. Now, I think one thing in discerning God's voice in 
places where we can't go to a direct Bible verse is see if you get confirmation. See if it, if it happens multiple times. Don't, don't just go on a subjective whim where you think you caught something. Look to confirm through God's word first, through good counsel, through prayer, etc. So Eli figured out that the Lord was calling the boy, and Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you, that you shall say, speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. So Samuel went, and he laid down in his place. Now this is some glorious advice from a man that didn't always do everything right, but what a great piece of advice. He said, if you hear this voice again, here's how you should respond. Speak, Lord, your servant hears, or I'm listening. When you come into church, when you turn on a sermon, when you open your Bible, that should be ringing from your lips. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You see, if you call yourself a servant of Jesus Christ, then when he speaks, what do you do? You do what he says, right? So your servant is listening. I'm tuned in to what you would say to me, Lord. And I don't know how long it took, but certainly uh, Eli and Samuel had to be you know, kind of on pins and needles. Is he going to do it a fourth time? Is he going to speak to me again? We can get you know, a little uptight about those things. And Then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. I don't know if this means that this is the other times that he called Samuel or, or as at other times in the sense of other prophets or calls. And with a double intonation, he said, Samuel, Samuel. We'll see this many times in our Bible, a double call of the name. Uh, It happened in Saul's case, when Saul was called on the road. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Samuel said, speak, for thy servant is listening. From my take, all he left out was the part about Lord. He didn't say, speak, Lord. He just said, speak, for your servant is listening. He got the essence of it. And he responds in this way. I don't know how the Lord appeared to him, but this is definitely what's called a theophany. Notice in your Bible, verse 10, the Lord came and what? He stood. This is not just a vision. This is not just some dream. The Lord seems to be objectively, physically there. Acts 23.11 says, But on the night immediately following, the Lord stood at Paul's side and said, Take courage. For as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. I don't want to conjecture on something where the Bible is silent. I don't know what Samuel saw, but the Lord was there. The ark of the Lord was there. God was there. And God is speaking to this young man named Samuel. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now, if you write down for your notes 2 Kings 21, 10 through 12, and Jeremiah 19, 3 through 5, you'll see that a couple of times when the idea of tingle is used, it is used in the idea of judgment. It's something like this. The the ears tingling is kind of like quaking. It's like when your teeth chatter with fear. That's the idea. Tingle means something bad is about to happen. It's going to make every it's going to shake people up. It's going when they hear it, they're going to tremble. 
In that day, God says to Samuel, this is his first hearing of God, his first prophetic word. What does he get? In that day, I will carry out against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. God is the Aleph Tav in Hebrew, the Alpha and Omega in Greek. He finishes what he starts from the beginning to the end. He is the beginning and the end. And what he started in you, he will finish. What he has spoken, he will complete. He says, For I have told him that I am about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew because his sons, that's Hophni and Phinehas, brought a curse on themselves and he did not rebuke or restrain them. Now we get detail about he failed to restrain them. He was not a good father. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. If you have somebody in your life willing to tell you the truth, praise God for that person. Because you can find all kinds of people who will tell you, oh, you're fine, it's cool, it's not a problem. But if you find someone who will give you what the Bible calls a life-giving rebuke, it is life-giving. In other words, they tell you, you know what, you're going the wrong way. Turn around, stop, don't do that. Proverbs 15.31 says, He who, whose ear listens to a life-giving rebuke will dwell among the wise. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli 14 that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be, oh, this is scary, not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Now, in Numbers 15, 30, and 31, the Bible talks about a sin which is presumptuous from, for which there is no atonement. And the punishment for that sin in the Old Testament was death. It was a presumptuous sin and you got stoned or killed for it. Praise God that that's not happening in the new covenant. Amen? In Christ. Although there are, you know, uh, warnings about sins that if people continue to pursue, God is the same. But the new covenant is glorious because Jesus has dealt with all of our sins. But there's no atonement for his house forever. Now, can you imagine being Samuel? You're about 12. And God's first word to you, prophecy, is the demise of your mentor. Lord, couldn't we have started with something positive? <laughs> couldn't we have gotten a, gotten a little lighter introduction here? No, it's very direct. He says there's no atonement. And so Samuel laid down until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, but Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. I'm sure that he did not sleep well that night. I'm sure he was fretting the first time he would meet eyes with Eli in the morning. He was afraid. He knew it was from God. He knew it was true. But he didn't want to share it with his mentor. This is the guy that he now lives with day in and day out. His mom visits once a year. This is his mentor. This is the guy he looks to for direction. And he's become his father in many ways. And Samuel's become his son. What do I do now? How do I tell him? We've all had situations where we feel like the Lord's spoken to us about a certain situation somebody's in and we don't know how to tell them. <laughs> we, we're afraid. And this is 
This is going to be a surprising response from Eli, but usually with the things we have to share, they're not of this magnitude. And Eli called Samuel and he said, Samuel, my son. Notice the tender relationship. And he said, here I am. And he said, what is the word that he spoke to you? Oh, no. <laughs> Couldn't we have had a couple pancakes first? <laughs> right away. What did God say to you? Please do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the words that he spoke to you. Wow. Eli senses that the message is not positive. He's already gotten the unnamed prophet who came by and already told him, there's bad news, man. Your house is going down. And Samuel's received a confirming word And now Eli is grilling him, and he's saying, look, you tell me everything that God told you. So Samuel told him everything. He hid nothing from him. And he said, that is, Eli responded, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Wow. You're going to die. Your sons are going to die. There's no atonement for your sins. Your priesthood is gone. Uh, Let's see, did I leave anything out? And what does Eli say? God's will be done. This is an incredible statement of faith. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. Jesus said, I'll be with you till the end of the age. In Hebrews 13, we're told that the Lord will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. So we may confidently say the Lord is my helper, right? What can man do to me? He will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 is one of the most emphatic promises in the Bible. It's stacked language in Greek, double stacked and triple stacked. It it reads literally like this. I will never, ever, ever leave you, and I will never, ever, ever forsake you. One of the strongest promises in the Bible. And God was with him. And he let none of his words fail. I was at a breakfast Bible study, which I frequent during the week. And a brother, dear brother in the Lord, uh, he said, Pastor Michael, I pray First Samuel 3.19 for you every day. And he had taken the verse, he had printed out the verse, and he said, uh, it said he had written these words, let none of Michael's words fail. And I was just so humbled by that that a man committed to pray for me every day that my words that I preach would not fail. That's so humbling. You see, God's word never fails. So if you want to have something, speak something that won't fail, just speak God's word because it will never fail nor will it ever come back void. Amen? And all Israel from Dan even to Beersheba, this denotes the whole territory of Israel north to south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as, notice he's called a prophet of the Lord, And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh because the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. I want you to turn to Hebrews 1 and we're done. So what's the application to us? Well, God has a call on your life. Every one of you have at least one spiritual gift and God has already called you. I could show you many passages right now. We just studied Romans 8, uh, around verse 30, that God's called you predestined, called you, right? He foreknew you. He called you. 
The church is the called of God, called out of the world, called in to Christ. You are the called. You have a calling on your life. Do you know what it is? It is to live and speak God's word in your life. And here is God's final word, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he, Hebrews 1, 2, appointed heir of all things, through whom he also also he made the world. Jesus is God's final message to the world. If you will listen to his voice, you will be saved. You will enter into glory. You will have your sins forgiven. You will be a new creation in Christ. You will be born again to a living hope. Jesus is God's final word. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he is the word of God. And he came and dwelt among us. And he showed us what God is like and who God is. As a matter of fact, he is God. The Bible says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is God. He is God's final word. What message is God sending to the world? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And when you find Jesus, or more, maybe more specifically, when he finds you, you find love, truth, hope, and meaning that will never end. You find a call that is bigger than anything you could have ever dreamed. I can tell you that I'm a living witness of a God who can reach down into, into the muck and mire of sin and filth that we created and wash us off in the blood of his Lamb, and set our feet upon solid ground and give you a new life and a new call. That's, that's the glory of knowing him. And it's just not here. It's going to go all the way through eternity. Co-heirs with Christ forever. Amen? New life in Christ. You don't have to earn it. We don't deserve it. He paid for it. But you've got to receive it. God is not going to repent for you. He's not going to believe for you. He wants you to love him because he first loved you. He wants a relationship. And it starts with understanding the gospel, the, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, and trusting in him and him alone for your salvation and receiving the free gift. Would you bow with me? If you're not a believer tonight, you're not sure that you're a Christian, just make sure Jesus is God's final word. He is the message of hope. He will bring you new life and forgiveness of sins. If that's you tonight and you want to just make it official, and there's no reason that you should hesitate another moment, it's something like this. And pray it out loud and pray it after me. Jesus, come into my life. Thank you that you died for my sins on the cross and rose from the dead to defeat my mortal enemy death. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sin and ask you into my life. Please forgive me. Cause me to be born again of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, for those who have opened their hearts, may you bless them, lift their burdens, 
Grant them your peace and set their feet upon solid ground. Lord, for those who are prodigals tonight, I just pray you'll bring them fully back to you. And uh, for all the rest of the wonderful saints here tonight, may you bless them, keep them, let your face shine upon them and give them shalom. Peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org. Is God, has God been speaking to you? Perhaps right now through this radio broadcast, he's been showing you, you don't know him. And if you don't know him, well, then you don't have salvation. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, John seventeen three. This is what it means to have life. You must know the giver of life. And he's here. He's speaking to you right now. Maybe you feel that ache in your soul, that emptiness in your soul. Maybe you've been tuning into Christian radio for quite some time, but you have not made that decision to repent and receive Jesus Christ. My friend, today is your day. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. The devil will tell you tomorrow. Your flesh will tell you next week or vice versa. But God says now. And he says now because he wants you to experience life. He wants you to be born again to a living hope. He wants you to know the voice of your creator and savior, the lover of your soul, the one who came down to die on the cross for you and rise to defeat death. That's the one who's been speaking. He speaks through his word all the time. This is the way he's spoken. He speaks through, he has spoken through his son. And now he's speaking through the gospel and the word of God. And the question really comes down to this, my friend. Will you heed his voice? You know, I know, I know there's a lot of voices out there, and you've probably been hearing a lot of them. The question is, will you hear his voice, and will you say, Lord Jesus? And if it's you right now, and you're in your car, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But I would encourage you, if you need to pull over right now, safely pull over, and something like this, wherever you are, in your home, at work, listening on some headphones, God knows. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Pray it now. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I want to thank you that you came into this world to die for my sin, to rise from the dead. I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior, my God and my King. Please save me. I turn from my, my life of sin and I turn to you through Jesus Christ, Lord. I want to follow you all the days of my life. If you opened up your heart to Jesus Christ right now, or perhaps rededicated yourself to Him, or maybe if you are a person who's been serving the Lord for some time, maybe you just want to get closer. Any of the above, would you let us know? Reach out to us at livingtruthradio.org. We have a contact form you can get to on that website. Let us know you're a listener. Let us know where you listen, what station. We'd love to hear from you. 